Welcome to the latest episode of ESG Essentials, What You Need to Know Now, a new podcast from your friends at Fox Rothschild. I'm your host, David Colvin, co-chair of the firm's Environmental, Social, and Governance Practice Group. Our series of short and content-rich podcasts covers core ESG concepts and explores important issues for businesses that are grappling uh, with increased attention to corporate responsibility and increased scrutiny from regulators, investors, and customers regarding their environmental and social impact. We also address the potential legal and business risks associated with ESG and how businesses can minimize their potential exposure when it comes to those risks. For those who don't know, uh, January is National Slavery and Human Trafficking Prevention Month. So for this episode, we'll be discussing the important topic of human rights and human trafficking. Uh, This episode will be a two-parter. In part one, we'll talk about uh, what human trafficking and modern slavery is and, and why it matters. And in part two, we'll talk about what industries are at risk of human trafficking and the steps that companies can take to avoid that risk. So for part one, I'm really pleased to welcome my partner in Philadelphia, Kelly Hodge. Uh, Kelly's a partner in Fox's Labor and Employment Group, where she focuses on a wide variety of employment issues. She's also the former district attorney of the city of Philadelphia and was the first African-American female to lead the Philadelphia DA's office in its 167-year history. And during her time as a prosecutor, Kelly routinely handled cases involving victims of modern slavery and human trafficking, Uh, She's also an inaugural member of the Board of Advisors uh, to the Villanova Law School Institute to address commercial sexual exploitation, uh, known short as Villanova's CSE. Uh, And that's an institute that educates and provides technical assistance to legislators and other stakeholders to address and improve legal responses to commercial sexual exploitation. Uh, So with that intro, welcome to the podcast, Kelly. David, thanks so much for the welcome. It's a pleasure to be with you um, and to be speaking on this topic with you this afternoon. So with that, let's let's jump right in. For the uninitiated or for those who perhaps misinterpret the concept, uh, which I think is a is a pretty frequent occurrence, can you just explain uh, what human trafficking and modern slavery is? Yes, the term human trafficking has also been used along with modern day slavery. Um, the United States uh, federal government uses the term trafficking in persons or TIP. All three of those terms have been used interchangeably and they are umbrella terms that re- refer to both sex and labor trafficking. And so what modern slavery is, it's, it's a broad term that encompasses slavery, servitude, force and compulsory labor um, and the trafficking of persons. And that trafficking piece to kind of give you a little bit more info as to really what that means. Um, it involves the recruitment, uh, transportation, transfer, harboring or receipt of a person, be it a, a man, a woman, or a child, for the purposes of exploiting them. Basically, is widespread abuse that is affecting not just within the you know United States itself, but also between countries. And as countries are trying to obviously facilitate trade and facilitate the marketing of goods and services. This subject matter has become front and center to a lot of conversation. That's why I'm very glad we're having this one today, because I think that there's still quite a bit that is unknown about it. There are many people 
who are victims of human trafficking and what needs to be highlighted and and underscored throughout this conversation is that human trafficking is a heinous crime um, and it is happening all around us it can't be said enough that the victims of this are not just men and women but children and at least 30 percent of the victims are children and maybe more just considering that they're probably those that we just don't even know and are being subject to the forced labor, sexual exploitation and other forms of abuse. So what the United States government is looking to do as well as internationally, what other um, countries around the globe are looking to do is to really address the subject of human trafficking head on. Um, can you talk a little bit about how human trafficking impacts businesses um, and in particular you know, why businesses need to care about this important issue and, and why they can't just look at it as somebody else's problem and, and a problem perhaps that, that they don't think actually impacts them. Yes, the, the businesses need to be keenly aware of this particular issue um, on a twofold level. Primarily, and I'll say on the, on the forefront, the humanistic side, just the need to assist people who are forced into this labor, um, forced labor trafficking world that obviously is slavery and, and they don't want and um, are not looking to be a part of and they are being abused and treated in a way that is criminal. And so that is the humanistic side of it. But on the other side of it, in addition to the humanistic side and just caring about individuals and wanting them to be safe and secure, it's the component that for businesses, it impacts finances and, and it impacts revenue. And when you are receiving goods and services that may have been created or are a result of individuals who've been forced into doing the work as forced labor or slavery, that is something that now governments across the world, across the globe are actually looking at and saying, we're going to hold you accountable. The government is looking at these components that all give indications that trafficking may be taking place. And they're looking to make sure that they treat, meaning prosecute and address those who are traffickers. And in addressing those who are trafficking, if they are a source of revenue for a business, then that source is obviously going to be extinguished as it should. And so what businesses need to recognize and realize is that on the front end, it's something that humanistically we should be caring about because we should not want anyone to be trafficked in this country or in the world. But when that does happen, they need to understand that the government is looking to take steps to hold entities accountable for that. I know that when asked, companies questioned, do you know or are you aware of human trafficking taking place within your supply chain, let's say? 71% of companies believe that there is a likelihood of modern slave slavery occurring at some stage in their supply chains. Um, they also recognize that it's a complex, hidden and challenging issue and it's hard to address why they feel that there's a high likelihood of modern slavery occurring at various stages of their supply chains particularly in high-risk countries or sectors the question is what can they do and what must they do to address it in order to make sure that they are not within their company somehow supporting or receiving benefits from um, entities that are have young people, children, adults, um, men, and women engaged in um, forced servitude. Okay. So apart from the fact that uh, I think we all can agree that 
simply addressing the issue, acknowledging that it exists, and taking steps to address it and caring about addressing the issue, eradicating the problem is the right thing to do. So we start from that sort of very simple concept. But companies really need to be thinking about the regulatory and legal risk mm-hmm. associated with having human trafficking uh, in their, within their supply chain or within their company as a whole. So that's one risk I think businesses need to be thinking about. Uh, and they need to be thinking about it in ways that it does apply to them because it does go on, as you said, in many ways, always typically behind closed doors, but in the sense that they may not know what's going on uh, and they need to do some diligence to understand if it is actually an issue that affects them. But then there's also sort of the reputational harm that comes along with being a company who's been identified as uh, associated with human trafficking and modern slavery. And could you discuss a little bit about how you see the reputational risks as well? Of course, Um, and that's definitely a very important point um, to underscore. And companies know, and this has been highlighted, that the reputational risk is the biggest driver for change for many. And while other factors are significant, the risk to a reputation and how one's reputation can be tarnished at minimum, if not almost dismantled um, at a maximum, is what companies need to keep in mind. And so companies must recognize and acknowledge that the need to try to maintain a positive reputation in the marketplace with the great level of competition that exists is it's incumbent upon them to make sure that they look to drive solutions internally, as well as acknowledge those things that are in place, particularly in federal legislation that are seen as a check on this type of behavior, both should be serving as impetus to change. But the reputational risk is huge. And when one does have a reputation that has been, in essence, as I said, dismantled by their company being associated with an entity that has engaged in forced labor trafficking or trafficking of another sort, that is something that may be difficult, if not impossible, to overcome. And I, I think that um, I think many folks, when they think about this issue, Kelly, they think <clears throat> they think about it as being an issue that exists predominantly outside the borders of the United States. Your experience, uh, both as a prosecutor and as a practicing lawyer, um, suggests clearly otherwise. Right? It is very much an issue. Correct. Uh, that is pervasive outside, outside the United States, but, but it's an issue that exists within our own borders as well. And so for a U.S. company that is thinking about or putting together or refining at whatever stage they may be an ESG profile, what, what would you advise or what would you say, to be more specific, to, these com- to companies that want to uh, make human trafficking and modern slavery a tenant of that ESG profile? I will say two things. One, that they need to be aware of the federal legislation that governs this type of behavior and and the crime that is associated with, with human trafficking. And so they need to be aware of, for example, the Trade Facilitation Enforcement Act of 2015, which allowed stiffer enforcement by U.S. Customs and Border Protection Agency of supply chains of goods made by child or forced labor, of the National Defense Authorization Act of 2013, which requires a written certification for all grants and contracts over 500000 that no party involved will engage in 
or support human trafficking. And it allows governmental agencies the ability to terminate without penalty any contract or grant with any organization or individual that engages in human trafficking. The PROTECT Act, which is the prosecutorial remedies and other tools to end the exploitation of children today of 2003. RICO, which is another tool that has been and will continue to be used. The Custom and Facilitations and Trade Enforcement Act of 2009. And then the Trafficking Victims Protections Reauthorization Act, which has been reauthorized a number of years, but since 2003 through to date, those are all examples of federal legislation and regulations that surround this particular subject matter. And I will also add, it has to start at the top with the leadership internally within the company. Unless the leadership educates themselves and is willing to educate themselves in order to be aware of what they need to do to be not only compliant, but also um, proactive and preventative in making conscious decisions when they're looking to engage in new business and engage with new partners and engage with subcontractors. Leadership needs to make the demand on others within the company that, yes, this is happening in America. It's not an overseas thing and it's not, you know, it's limited to being outside of our borders and isn't happening here. It is happening here. It is happening overseas. And what you need to be cognizant of as a leadership within an organization is that you're the one that's going to drive the reputation, the tone, the tenor, and the compliance with what needs to be done in order to make sure that you as an entity are not supporting or benefiting from forced labor. Well, Kelly, let me thank you very much for what I think was, was a really helpful uh, and useful and informative discussion on human trafficking and modern slavery and and what it really is and why it really should matter to companies, not just outside the U.S., but to those companies here within the United States. Uh, and I appreciate you being with us today. It is my pleasure, David. Thank you for inviting me. And I enjoyed speaking about this with you. Absolutely um, hope that it has benefited or will benefit those who hear us today um, in terms of what they can consider and think about with this very important subject matter. So thank you again. Absolutely. Very much appreciated. And to all of our listeners out there, this is uh, part one of a two-part podcast on this really important topic during the month of January. And so please be on the lookout for the second part where we'll talk about what industries are at risk of human trafficking and the steps that companies can and should take to avoid that risk. Thanks again for listening. <laughs>